This podcast contains graphic language and subject matter that may be triggering for some. Listener discretion is advised. We are not fucking therapists. We are here to talk about our experiences and hope some people can relate, but it is not a substitute for medical advice or therapy. Get out of here, don't go, I don't know if I can take this anymore. I'm well aware that I need your help. One false move and I may melt. Don't want to give you any false impressions. Fuck the fucking fuck out of depression. Welcome to Fuck Depression. This is (laughs) It's been a little while since we've done this. I'm Ardalyn and this is... I'm Lauren. (laughs) And welcome back with Fuck Depression. And we've been gone for a little while and we're here to talk about where we've been. So, Hey, it has been a long time. Hey, it's been a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been a little bit. Been a little bit. Uh, And we've caught up a little bit, but um, we're very much, like, we very much weren't in contact for a little while uh, with everything we had going on, so we're very much still catching up with each other, and that's what this session is all about. And I'm happy to. And there is a giant peep behind you that is distracting me. (laughs) There is. Okay, so we're on video. Um... But yes, my partner is obsessed with Peeps. It is their favorite time of year for candy. And they get all the different flavored Peeps, which I didn't even know. There were so many different flavors of Peeps. Did not know it was a thing. Um, And they love them so much. We were out at the store getting some, and they saw this giant stuffed promotional Peep. They had a bunch of them. And naturally... We had to get one because they're such a fan. So, yes, we have a giant peep uh, that their name is Percy, and they're chilling in the background. (laughs) (laughs) My cat's moving there, too. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. So, lots to see. No, I've uh, had some setbacks being unemployed. Right. So, let's get into it. So, Lauren... And all this time, I know a lot has happened, but uh, jobs probably at the top. Uh, what's been going I've on been with you? Hunting. It's not fun at all. <laughs> well, I know you were employed for a little bit, and then you went through job loss, and now you're job hunting again. Do you want to talk about that process at all? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much there is to talk about. It's just overwhelming going through it cat in the background yeah i I got i got three over here myself i just (laughs) my adhd chimes in (laughs) yeah but um yeah i have been just Going through job postings and posting jobs and applying for jobs. and We'll be going into it in more detail in some of our episodes coming up. We'll be talking about specifics uh, having to do with 
uh, job hunting and job loss and uh, more on that in, in later episodes. But just wanted to touch base on it, like how, you know, how you've been doing. And uh, I know how, how incredibly uh, daunting a task it can be <laughs> to uh, to look for jobs. So just catching up on on your personal story here right now. But we'll be... We'll be diving into it more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot to it, and it definitely affects your depression. I mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I am. How can it not? (laughs) I'm kind of going through a similar thing. Um, I am job hunting as well. I actually just had an interview recently that went decently, and I have another follow-up interview coming up, and I'm excited and nervous uh about it uh, i'm excited because i'm like oh man okay maybe i'm i'm still you know i still have these skills i can still do things i can still get out there and have a real job but then i'm nervous i'm like can i really hold down uh this is an in-person office position again i'm really nervous about that so my anxiety is high and my depression's mm-hmm. been high looking for a job and not feeling you know my usual uh, self-worth when I'm employed. And, uh, yeah, it, it definitely has been playing with my depression as well. Um, so I can, only yeah, <laughs> I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real struggle. And the struggle is like, it, it also like your depression would probably go away a little bit if you were employed. Um, but at the same time, like it's, uh, it would probably heighten it too. I don't, it's, it's a weird thing how, how operating with depression and other mental health disorders in general and working with them at the same time, like how it comes together. It's very, uh, yeah, (laughs) a delicate balance. There we go. It's a delicate balance. Um, to be able to do it's all that. It's definitely a delicate balance. I um, can't handle certain things. And just having no job is terrible for me. But also having a job mm-hmm. is also sometimes terrible for me. Yeah, I imagine, I mean, for me personally, I know sometimes even when I am employed, the entire time I'm employed, I don't feel good enough. I don't feel like I'm upholding, you know, uh, keeping up with the, with the workload. I feel like I'm starting to fall. Like, I will beat myself up. Like, if I say something wrong in the office, I'm beating myself up for that. Like, there's just no, there's no rest for the wicked, as they say. <laughs> employed or unemployed, you're still, like, suffering with it, or at least Yeah, I, I tend to be suffering with it. I... When I am employed, I beat myself up and then I end up in such a bad place that I'm almost non-functional at a point. Yeah, me too. Uh, burnout. I, I've, I've, ex- I've experienced burnout. I'm stumbling over my words. I apologize. Um, I've experienced burnout so many times in the work world, in my working uh, life, and the last time I experienced burnout, I burned out pretty hard and it, it led me into a full-blown agoraphobic phase of my life, which was also a full-blown depression phase of my life because those two go hand in hand for me. Starts with the anxiety to uh, agoraphobia and then the depression sets in because of having 
like agoraphobia and being trapped in the house and, and things of that nature. So, oh man, it's like, it's a snowball <laughs> effect even. <laughs> oh, yeah. So agoraphobia is a topic we should go over at some point. Sure. Yeah, we have a lot of topics that we're going to be going over um, from our personal stories that uh, just from the time that we have spent away, we have so much to talk about. Because I know, uh, Lauren, you've been battling with your, you know, diagnosis, you've been battling with your, you know, jobs and everything, uh, everything like that. And I've been battling with my mental health as well with, uh, unfortunately, I had to go through some hospitalizations and now I'm going through job stuff as well. But uh, on the extreme end, mm-hmm. I did go through some hospitalizations, and I want to be talking about that in our future sessions. Our future episodes. <laughs> future sessions. It's like a therapy session for me. <laughs> Lauren, you are my therapy. Uh, fuck depression is my therapy. Uh, <laughs> it is a little bit in a way. Yeah. No. Getting it I, out. You're allowed to think of this as therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Yeah. No, no, no mental health professionals here, though. We just want to I want to reiterate, at least for myself, that we are not mental health professionals. We are just speaking from our personal experiences from people who have mental health issues and our struggles with them. And definitely that's. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Legal disclaimer, legal disclaimer, <laughs> just throwing that out there. <laughs> I still need to make those t-shirts I talked about um, several podcasts ago, uh, podcast episodes ago, we talked about making some t-shirts that were, you know, I can't even remember the exact wording, it was like, we're podcasters, not professionals, or something like that. Uh, can't remember, it was so good though, I hope I wrote it down. I thought somewhere. you wrote it sure down. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I wrote it down in my notes. I need to go back through my FCK depression notes. I know I have a whole folder of them. Just uh, I haven't gotten back into it yet. We're just getting started. This is our, we are getting reacquainted right now session yes. happening right now. So this is literally And this is our second one. time trying to do this because <laughs> I didn't explain exactly what happened to you before with the oh, recording. Yeah. But... What it recorded you for the whole time, and it only recorded me for, like, 15 minutes. So I got... F- yeah, so I got weird. 15 minutes in, and all of a sudden, I'm gone. And I'm talking to myself. <laughs> and I honestly thought about, like, just That's trying hilarious. to voice over and just fill in, but I couldn't remember everything that I had said. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely better to re-record it. And honestly, I like it because it was kind of like we got a trial run. And I'll admit, I'm still stumbling a bit talking right now. But like a trial run to getting back into it because we've taken so much time off. And I'll be honest with everything that's happened to me. I don't know about you, but my confidence has taken a hit. And when my confidence takes a hit, my ability to public speak or speak in general also takes a little bit of a hit. So it's actually a good warm up. Or it yeah. was a good warm up. No, for sure. I think it was a good thing that we're re-recording. But I was frustrated when I was trying to edit and all of a sudden I got to a point and I'm like, where is the rest of my audio? 
<laughs> I hope it records this time. Do you have any I idea have what no the problem is? I've been? never had that problem before. I know I could hear you the whole time. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been responding to you. So it says recording. So I'm gonna Fingers trust crossed. it. All right, trust the process. Ah, oh, okay. Well, I guess let's talk about some of our next episodes. Yeah, coming so up. we've got a lot of ideas. Oh. We have actually we have so many ideas for so many things that we want to do because we're talking. We actually episodes aside, we were talking about our um, uh, Patreon and you know our store getting more shop items up there. So we have a lot of we have a lot of things in the works. I'm sorry I interrupted. No, you. you're Continue fine. Um, yeah, so I think we're gonna do some. I should have a list in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) You're all good. I know that our first few um, episodes that we're going to be getting into are getting into more Mm -hmm. personal details on uh, hospitalization and uh, joblessness or job hunting. Um, I think those are going to be our two first focuses. And then I think we're getting back into financials after that. But... Essentially, our personal stories first, along with a lot of research that we've done on uh, since the episodes, or at least for me personally, since the episodes of being hospitalized, I've done a lot of research and learned a lot of things from going through the process and the research. So we'll be talking about that. I'm really looking forward to those topics. Yes, I will. I do have to say that, you know, it's very hard for me to talk about still. I'm very much still working through it in therapy. It is very much still a kind of uh, trauma trigger for me. So occasionally I will dissociate. I might have to be pulled back into the conversation. I might cry, um, but I very much want to talk about it. I very much want to get it out there. So bear with me while I get that story out and also, you know, uh, maybe handle me with a little bit of kitten gloves during those episodes. <laughs> Absolutely, I will. And handle me with kitten gloves okay. while I talk about <laughs> unemployment because this is not the first time. And oh, fair, unfortunately, yeah. I've been unemployed a couple times now. And I... This is kind of my first time and I'm not I'm not handling it okay. So I hear you. Like I can Yeah, it the first time So I'll just share this short thing, but uh, it's not statistics or anything, but um the first time I was unemployed. Sure. Uh by not myself unemploying myself. Well, like, I had, when I moved to Austin, I moved without a job. But that was, like, a very purposeful move. Right. That's kind of like my move here to New York. I actually took a step back and was planning on, I wasn't planning on going back to work at all, actually. I was trying to figure my life out in a different manner, get, get into 
I'll get into that later. Get into my artwork. Get into all that. I'm still trying to do yeah. that, just more on the side. So, the- um, but when I when we moved here, I took I I canceled all my clients. I stopped working entirely, and it was planned for me to do so. So I hear that it's, it could be planned to not be working. Yeah. So while. when I first moved to Austin, it was a planned. I didn't have a job, but then the job that I got right after. My ex-husband and I divorced. They laid me off. No, no. It's always the worst timing. And I was a wreck. (laughs) And to be honest, I was not just a wreck. I was using alcohol to cope. And... To the point where my dad called a wellness check on me. And if you've never gotten a wellness check, I just say, it's not fun. Um, you were talking um, about a wellness check. You were talking check. about a wellness check. That was the last thing. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Um. Hello? Okay, good. I don't hear myself anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm hearing you through my headphones now. But yes. Um, Perfect. My my dad called a wellness check because I passed out while I was on the phone with him. And there's oh, nothing like waking up to finding two police officers at your door. Mm, yeah. That's kind of what mental hygiene arrest is. Um, when you're involuntarily committed, it's very similar, only they take you away. So I do understand that entirely. Yeah. And um, they, they didn't take me away, fortunately, but I was still... It is That is fortunate. Yeah. I was still a little drunk, so I was like, I love you, and gave them hugs, and... <laughs> it's a little funny. <laughs> no, it's funny. I was I was being silly. Yeah. I I I thought I the best way to handle the situation was to like make friends. I mean, it seems uh, they didn't take you away, so I guess it worked. But not to make light of a situation that is not good. We do not condone these, this behavior. We do not condone this behavior, Lauren. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it can, in hindsight, be funny. <laughs> yes. No, I don't condone this behavior either. I don't condone my own behavior. Fair enough. And I don't condone my own behavior from what happened with me being hospitalized. So, you know, sometimes... You do bad things, but you live through it, and we're here to talk about it, even though it's embarrassing. (laughs) It's important to talk about, honestly. Some of it needs to be talked about so that we can find better ways of doing things. Sometimes we need to talk about things for it to be destigmatized, and also just to heal from it. Not just you and I, but collectively, other people that have been through it. It can help heal from it, I think, anyway. No, I agree. Um, There's definitely so much stigma around mental health. 
And absolutely, we don't need that stigma around it anymore. Like, we know how to use tools to make it more of not make it more effective. That's the wrong wording. Make it (laughs) so that our mental health is taken care of. And we've got, yeah, we've got therapy. We've got medication. We've got, um, the like support systems now that we know about that can really make a difference. Unfortunately, they don't always work either, though. Like, uh, I had all that. I had a therapist I was seeing. I had a primary doctor I was seeing. Um, I was uh, very, very much having trouble with insomnia. I have uh, struggled with insomnia my whole life, and I was going through a very tough time where I just could not sleep. And I was on the phone with my doctor that same day saying, hey, my sleeping medication that was working for me is no longer working for me. I even tried to up the dose and it's not working. And they said, okay, we're going to take you off of that, put you on a new one. But it was already five and a half days of me not sleeping and trying to use this other medication. You know, like it just was too late at that point. My Your mind starts to go and there's nothing you can do when you're awake that long. There was nothing, it was out of my hands at that point. Not Mm -hmm. to say that I wasn't responsible for anything I said or did during those times, but at the same time, like, uh, it is just, your body can only handle so much, you know? And insomnia is a topic we could go, should go over too, because it's a lot of times a comorbid disease. Yeah, sleep uh, issues do tend to uh, coincide with a lot of mental health issues, uh, either sleeping too much or sleeping too little. I've got the uh, lovely pleasure of sleeping too much. <laughs> Honestly, when my depression is really high, I, I do the same thing, which is unusual for an insomniac, but it... It, I, I've only gotten good sleep and or slept too much uh, when I was severely depressed. And that's actually been more more recently. And I had never gone really through that before. Um, but other than that, when my anxiety is high or even when my depression has been bad before, um, just not quite as bad, um, my insomnia was always, my sleep disorder has always been lack of sleep rather than more sleep. I go back and forth. Well, that's the fun thing about bipolar is you, uh, (laughs) it's not really consistent on what your, your issues are. I've gone days without sleeping, but when I'm depressed, I will go days where I am basically just sleeping. Yeah, I'm... I'm still figuring out what all I am. When I was hospitalized, they did diagnose me as bipolar, but at the same time, they didn't really run a lot of tests or anything. Um, So I'm not sure which bipolar, if I am even bipolar, if it might be something else. Um, I have no idea. But for me, all my life, I've had trouble sleeping and had insomnia. I averaged between two and four hours of sleep a night when I did sleep, and I would often skip days. And that was my pattern from since I was a kid 
to all the way being an adult. <laughs> mm. It wasn't until I hit a severe depression episode after being hospitalized that I started sleeping all the time, which maybe then is bipolar presenting itself and it never presented itself before. I don't know, but it is, I am seeing the opposite swing of it now, which is uh, an interesting thing to go through as something you haven't, as something I haven't really experienced as one of my symptoms in the past. Yeah. Uh, I don't know which one I prefer is the not sleeping or the sleeping too much. I honestly, after being hospitalized from being awake for too long and starting to basically hallucinate um, or lose my mind a bit um, because of it, I would say I'd rather sleep too much than sleep too too little because the other way, the other direction, you start becoming paranoid and it just is, it becomes like one really long bad trip, essentially the best way of me describing it so your hallucinations because i've hallucinated before on a small scale but my hallucinations were just it was like graffiti art on the wall like floating letters mostly saying fuck (laughs) i i never actually saw anything when i say hallucinate it was more so like I was I was writing a lot of books at the time, and because I couldn't sleep, I was staying awake writing them. And then, as I was sleep, oh, sorry, awake for five and a half days, I started to essentially uh, think I was these characters in the book and start taking on some of their like traits and things of that nature. But that was purely lack of sleep. And then once I got sleep, that dissipated. So it was a weird short term belief. Uh, <laughs> that I was this, these characters in this book. And I, I actually wasn't just one character. I was a, more than one character in these books. And I just kind of like picked whatever, whichever suited me best at the moment. <laughs> okay. So to be fair, I tend to take on personalities of book characters just in general. No. But this was an intense, like, no, I am this person. Like, no, I, I I, have, you know, like, this is my story, but it wasn't really my full story, if that makes any yeah. sense. Because it was really, it was, the story I was writing was bits and pieces of my own story, bits and pieces of of my family's story, actually. And then, you know, a lot of taking artistic liberties with, because I was writing a fictional novel. I was writing more than one fictional novel. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was pretty messed up. <laughs> I, I have trouble understanding it still, honestly, because I'm like, no, I remember the mindset. I remember it, you know, like it's just, but it, it doesn't seem like that could possibly be me, but it was, it was five and a half days of no sleep. And that was me. That's what I'm blaming it on. That's what I'm using, you know, well, five and a half t- to make me feel better. Five and it. a half days is a lot. I mean, I think I've gone three at most. And even at three days, no sleep, like you start to feel a little uneven. I feel ill usually. Yeah. Usually around three days, I just feel really ill. Um, cause I've, I've hit that moment several times in my life. Cause for me, if I skipped days, I usually skipped one day or three days. That was that was kind of my pattern. Um, 
And at that point, I'd start getting nervous because I would start feeling like absolute crap. Now, when I was a kid or and a teenager, I could stay up several days at a time, no problem. And it wouldn't affect me. I didn't feel like crap the next day or the next following days. But as I've gotten older, it's caught up with me. I can no longer do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My tolerance is, is no longer high for, for staying up late, even though I've done it my whole life. Oh, so another thing that happened to change the subject onto something different. Sure, yes. Sorry if I trailed off a little there. Again, I do disassociate a little bit talking about it still because it is a, um, it was a very difficult experience. They were very difficult experiences for me. Oh, uh, it's okay. My cat reminded me that my parents came and visited, oh. which it's the first time they've come and visited in eight years. Well, Texas is it's not that far from Florida, but you know, you know, like it's it's difficult. I don't expect my parents to come see me for a while up here in New York, so Well I I'm uh making, I'm making excuses for them already. I'm sorry. Yeah, you are. <laughs> that is my that is my um you know, fight, flight, fawn or whatever. I think it's one of my fawning techniques of like always trying to make excuses for people. That way I try that way I can keep from getting mad at them. I guess, or try to keep other people even from getting mad at them. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well. It's a weird coping mechanism. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. You were saying. No, no, it was, it was nice. Um, I, because I've only seen them when I go back to Florida so this is the first time they've been here, and I can actually show them around Austin, which I've been wanting to do for forever because I love this city. That's great. And so we got to do that. Um, anybody who's familiar with Austin will know that the uh, Bat Bridge is a thing. And... <laughs> These bats, I'm not familiar. These bats live under this bridge. And there's thousands of them. Thousands. And they'll all come out at the same time. But for some reason, while my parents were here, they didn't come out at all. And it was April 1st. So it was April Fool's Day. So they so didn't believe you? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm convinced these bats played a joke on me. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes, bats totally know when April Fool's is, and they participate every year. Apparently <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah. We went to a couple other places. We went to Mount Monel, and we went to the Oasis, which are both on the on the lake. Uh, I say the lake, if you know, it's actually the Colorado River, but it's called the lake in Austin for some reason. Didn't know that. I'm learning all about Austin. Yeah. I've never been to Austin. I've only been to Houston and Pasadena. I like Houston, but it's kind of muggy. It's a lot like Florida, I feel like. Like, I got there and I was like, oh, oh, it's the same. <laughs> as far as uh, um, 
atmosphere? <laughs> what is the word I'm trying to think of? <laughs> Culture? No. Well, I mean, kind of, yeah, because it is also a bit of a melting pot there as well. Testing, testing, one, two, three. Testing. There we go. Okay, all right. I, yeah, there we go. Just having some audio technical difficulties. Welcome to the podcast life where we uh, sometimes hear ourselves and sometimes hear each other. Mm-hmm. I was definitely hearing myself blasting into my ears, and I did not need to hear myself like that. <laughs> uh, where were we? Where, where were we? What were we talking about? Um, we had talked about my parents coming. Yes. So it was a good visit. It was a very good visit. I. That's awesome. How long were they here? Or there? Um, four days. That's a good, decent visit. Yeah, and... Okay, so... Probably shouldn't talk about... There's more to this story. Probably shouldn't talk about this, but I'm going to because I have no filter on me. Okay. The last day they were here, they came over and my... uh, I wasn't expecting them. So I had gone and stayed at my guy Mike's house and then and Mike is the current beau he's the construction guy we were talking about the last time we took we were talking yes Mike is the current Uh, guy and right sounds like that's going well fortunately I got back to my place at like nine and my parents called me they're like can we come over like okay They're like, before we get on the plane, we want to come over and we want to say goodbye one last time. It's like, okay. Makes sense. And my mom goes, is there anything you want to ask us? And I was like, is this a fucking job interview? Is there anything you want to ask us? And then they handed me a bunch of cash. I mean, that part's nice, right? Well, it was appreciated, but at the same time, it's like, I... Awkward. I was like, no, there's nothing I want to ask you. I don't ask for money. I don't ask for things. Yeah. Even though... No, I'm I'm the same way. But maybe they just knew you were struggling? Yeah, they knew I was struggling. How did that make you feel? Uh, not to sound like a therapist, but like... Did you did you talk to them anymore after that? Did they say, you know, hey, we just want to help out? Or was it just, like, awkwardly brushed over and, I don't know. No, they said they wanted to help me out and they didn't want me to starve. And I was like... <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it sounds like they just want to be helpful. Maybe they were just expecting you to ask for help and... They should know probably that you don't, but maybe they were hoping you would because I know that a big conversation in in my family and my life, especially since everything happened, has been my ability to reach out and ask for help when I need it because I have this hyper toxic independence thing and it's, it, it's not necessarily a good thing to always try to handle everything yourself. Just 
I see that in you too, potentially, Lauren. Yeah, no, I can't. So they maybe, maybe, maybe was their way of trying to get you to, to ask for help in a, in, in a way. Yeah, they were trying to get me to ask for help, but I don't. Yeah. I don't ask for help, even with my... I know. I, I hate doing it, too. I can't. Like, I have the hardest time. I hear you. <laughs> it just has never been something that I've really done. And I kind of keep everything in myself, which I know is not the most healthy thing, which is why I have a therapist... Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that I exploded the manner I did when I was awake for so long. I was kind of a mixture of these book characters and then every trauma in my life ever <laughs> was just on, I was wearing on my sleeve of things that I had not dealt with. So I was very on edge about a lot of things that I had not dealt with. So not dealing with it can come up at a later date in an explosive way. You don't want that either. <laughs> So I'm glad you're working on it through therapy. That is a good way of, of handling it, at least. Yeah, and this is not going to be a paid advertisement, but I recommend everybody get therapy. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I'm currently actually out of therapy right now, not be by choice. I was seeing a therapist through an app-based program, and uh, we decided to part ways after my last hospitalization. Um, and then, and that's something we should talk about in another episode too, just, you know, changing how hard it is to find, uh, that'll go in, Never mind, That'll probably go in with like uh, medical stuff at some point, but the process of finding a therapist, the process of keeping a therapist, how, you know, how hard it is to actually, uh, stay in therapy, essentially, even once you get going, staying in therapy, because someone could go out of practice, you move, all kinds of things can happen. Anyway. Um, I'm in between right now, but I'm on the waiting list. I actually did finally get on the waiting list, but it's like my appointment is not until August. So that's how far out an appointment can be sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah. And especially if you're in a place where you need, um, low income based therapy, the wait list can be even longer than what you're looking at. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm planning on paying for it and even a lot of the private more private practices where they don't even take insurance or anything, when I called them they were just completely booked up. They weren't even taking new patients. So it can be it can be a real struggle to get in anywhere <laughs> to get help. Yeah, you almost <laughs> need and then you have to hope that you vibe with the person cuz sometimes they're not the right fit either. That's the saddest part. <laughs> Oh, I know. I am so thankful for BetterHelp. Mm -hmm. I actually looked into them. I was considering them at some point, at one point as well. Yeah, they, it's all online. You get a therapist within a week. This is just what Lauren uses. This is her personal testimonial right now, people. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I seriously, I don't know what I would have done without them because it, I did, I have been able to get an appointment, you know, within a week every time and I can text my therapist as much as I want 
So, like, when I lost my job, I texted my therapist, and I was like, oh, fucking lost my job. And I was able to get a text I do miss back. being able to do... Yeah, I miss being able to do that. The app that I used before was a different app, but um, it had the same features. I could do the same things, and I do miss being able to do that. So I'm I'm considering going on BetterHelp again, but I was recommended by my previous therapist for someone I could see in person. So it's... I don't know. I don't know what the right answers are. I'm on I'm on a wait list for the one in person. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it really just depends on your personality if it's a in-person or a virtual that works better for you. Yeah, I'd like to be able to have a mixture of both probably. Both abilities, but at the same time like it uh, I'm just trying to go off of the recommendation of my previous therapist, but at the same time, like I'm just wary about a lot of it right now. And I'm just trying to make sure I'm making the right decisions and following the right, you know, things that are, people are telling me to do. And if that goes awry, it's like, I followed the steps. At least I did what people told me to do. <laughs> That's how I feel anyway. Yeah. No, in your situation, I would probably do the same thing. So that's yeah. totally fair. I highly recommend it, though. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't recommend it. I highly recommend doing what you do. I I would do use the app based program again as well. Um, if I was like kind of, if I felt more stable on it. We've all got our own different things and different struggles, but it was just because of my person, my very personal experience. So mm-hmm. that's all. Like, I may end up getting on it at some point. I'm not saying. I'm not totally saying that I won't. <laughs> Well, I think for anybody out there who's struggling and who needs a first place to start, it's a good first place to start because it's very low risk. You don't have to go into an office. You can do a virtual text message session so you don't even have to talk to anybody like vocally or you can do an over the phone or you can do the video, which is what I do. Yeah. So you can kind of go completely at your pace. Again, I I do miss all that, uh, all different ways that I could talk to my therapist before. Hopefully I'll be able to do that. A kind of like a hybrid mix, seeing someone in person some of the time and then still having text and phone and video sessions another time. That's my hope. Okay. Yeah. I think that would be good for you. And we got to talk about your hair because it's no longer purple and green. <laughs> oh, I know. It's a mess today, too. I'm glad that nobody can see it uh, except for you. <laughs> but yes, no, I went for a uh, purple and blue winter look um, that is kind of stuck with me. And uh, I'm digging it. Even with my roots growing out now, it almost looks purposeful. I got the like dark roots that grow into like the lighter mm-hmm. kind of blue. I don't have good lighting on me right now at all, so don't judge it off of this, Lauren. <laughs> but, yeah. No. I uh, Every time something major happens in my life, i got to change my heart. Hair. You know, you got to appease the uh, mental health gods. That's what you do, right? So, big things have happened in my life. I now have purple and blue hair. <laughs> it's hard to see you on the camera, but mine is purple and blue, too. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't see it. It looks brown in this light. Or, you know... In the lighting that I can, you can kind of see the purple a little bit. 
bad camera, I don't know, reproduction, probably, but... (laughs) I'm glad that it looks brown on camera, though, because when I do interviews... Oh, fair enough. Yeah. It looks brown. I'm nervous about that. Yeah, I had a phone interview, and it went really well, and now I have an in-person interview coming up. And I'm nervous about that because, like, I do have this funky hair, and I'm like, should I change my hair before I go in? I don't know. I mean, I'm going for a designer position. We're all, they have to know that we're artsy and weird, you know? <laughs> no, I would say uh, leave it. Or maybe just, we'll like, dye so it looks fresh. We'll see. I'll see what happens. I am playing it, like, if I have enough time to get my hair done before then and get it done to something decent. The thing is, I don't want to go brown, you know? Like, I not, not nothing against brown. That's just my natural hair color, and I don't want to be my natural hair color. <laughs> it's very important to me that I'm not my natural hair color, because I haven't been my natural hair color since I was, like, a child. Yeah, that's... No, that's totally fair. I haven't been my natural <laughs> hair color in a very long time, too. Yeah. I, I've been somewhere between, like, pink, purple, and blue yeah i i don't know i don't know what it is but it just it feels more me than my natural hair color and i the thing is i know that it's kind of frowned upon in the business world in a lot of different ways but at the same time like i feel like it's kind of making its way into being acceptable now just like tattoos and piercings are making their way into being more acceptable now and there's plenty of ways of looking professional and clean while having tattoos, piercings, colorful hair, etc. So I'd like to believe that it won't hinder me in my <laughs> uh, ventures forward, but we'll see. I guess I'll have an update after the 20th because that's when my uh, next interview is. Yeah, well, I think at least in Austin, it's become so normalized that it doesn't pose an issue. Yeah, I feel like it's the same way here. I feel like I see a lot of people with colored hair in, in a lot of different positions, but uh, we'll see about this one. I I have in the past held positions with colorful hair as a graphic designer, so I have hope, and this is also a graphic designer position, so, you know, like, I have hope that fitting within the field, really, it's more acceptable for, uh, you know, creative types to look a little bit strange. <laughs> So I'm hoping that remains true here. <laughs> well, don't say looking strange. You don't look strange. You just look. Oh, well, it's not. It's against the norm, though, isn't it? So it's kind of still considered strange. This is strange isn't bad. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Alternative. Okay. I think that's all. Those are all the real updates that I have for now, just what we're going to be talking about next and uh, uh, what we've been up to on a, on a brief scale. Uh, well, I guess we should wrap it up then. So, yeah, we are excited to be recording again. This is just an, uh catching back up, but we're excited to be starting off our next episodes with some pretty heavy topics, but pretty heavy in, uh, in importance as well. Um, but, yeah, just excited to be back at it. Yeah, we definitely need to get into some of the heavier topics. We've kind of danced around some of this stuff, but you'll be hearing about it in more seriousness as we come up. Um, I want to make sure that we keep it 
as light as possible, but... Oh, of course. Um, the statistics and stuff are really important for people to know, and there's a couple topics where the statistics are overwhelming. But that's why we're here to talk about them. That way, maybe we can... I mean, there's not a whole lot we can do, but at the same time, like, we can get the information out there, we can talk about our personal experiences, and we can try to find different ways of moving forward with everything. Yes, and that also reminds me, you guys can reach out to us um, at any time. We've got email, fckdepressionpod at gmail.com. We've got a Twitter, fckdepression-2. We've got... We still have a Facebook page. A Facebook page. We've got an Instagram. So you guys can find us. You can message us. We're happy to answer questions or if you want to be a guest or if you want to just say hi. (laughs) We're working on our Patreon as well, and we're going to have more opportunities for people to uh, take polls or participate in picking some of our topics as well as maybe even being on some of our uh, episodes as well like you were just talking about if you want to be a guest a guest on on the show a great way of reaching out to us would be through patreon for that and uh, also if you want to help influence some of our topics that's a great way to get involved with us or interact with us as well absolutely all right well i think that covers everything for now all right well fuck depression take care of yourselves out there and fuck depression bye bye Thanks so much for listening to Fuck Depression. Fuck Depression really appreciates all of our listeners and for those listeners who are wanting to help support our show so we can continue to make improvements, including to our sound quality, please visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash fckdepression. We have new tiers that are up, including one where you get a shout out on air and one where you can even pick an episode topic. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All of the links to those social media accounts are in the link tree in the show notes below. Artwork for the show was created for us by Nefer Kalyas, and the theme song for the show was created by Wade Rowland. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can always email us at fckdepressionpod at gmail.com. And until next time, shit fire and peachy keen.